0: Today, San Antonio, Texas is the seventh largest city in America, but 300 years ago, this tricentennial city was a large Native American village called Yanawana. In 1691, one man would change Yanawana's name forever. In 1718, another man would found a mission near that Native American village. Question, who were these men of destiny 300 years ago They were changing names and founding missions that history would remember as the Founding Fathers? Welcome to, San Antonio, Welcome to San, Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. By an order of a Spanish viceroy, on a beautiful Sunday morning, May the 1st, 1718, a friar by the name of Antonio de Olivares met with the governor, Martin de Alarcón, and about 30 families, including some Native Americans, for a small ceremony near a river, officiating the founding of a new Spanish mission by putting mud and straw together. They call this new mission San Antonio de Valero. And who would have imagined then that this single ceremonial act 300 years ago would set in motion the many local historical events that witnessed the long and gradual transformation of that inconsequential pile of straw and mud to become one of this country's most prominent metro centers, also known as Military City, the modern-day city of San Antonio. These are the accounts of the many visionary individuals who were proud to call this city their home, who have become part of this city's colorful historical past, and whose personal contributions many times assisted in advancing this Texas city into the future in a positive way. Welcome to san antonio texas tricentennial city on a mission i'd like to welcome you again to san antonio's historical and educational podcast celebrating 300 years of history My name is Gonzo and I'm your host. Today, join me as we go back in time to the beginning, to a time before the birth of this city, and study the men and the circumstances that led to the founding of this tricentennial city 300 years ago. Today's episode is titled Founding Fathers. To find out who our founding fathers were, we have to go back to the beginning. And the beginning for San Antonio goes back to about 300 years ago. During this time in history, the area that encompasses the city of San Antonio was a large Native American village. This place was home to a Native American group called the Payaya. The Payaya called this area their home for many years. The Payaya were a Baltician band of Native Americans who are the earliest recorded inhabitants of San Pedro Springs Park, the geographical area that became San Antonio. The paya had been here for a long time and they called their village Piano which means refreshing waters. Now in those days, many European countries laid claim to lands in the Americas and Spain was one of them and Spanish Tejas where Yonahuan was located, was part of the Spanish Empire in the Americas. Even though the Spanish had no presence in the area, they still laid claim to the land. But in the near future, everything would change, including the name of Yonahuan. France was another European country that laid claim to lands in the Americas. And Spain and France, just like in Europe, were next door neighbors in the Americas. In those days, the Spanish Empire was huge, and Spain had not colonized its land to the north. Lands that are now represented by Texas were basically unexplored. But something happened in 1684 that would change history forever in Texas, For that matter, the history of San Antonio. Remember Spain's neighbor in the new world, France? Well, it seems that a French explorer made an accidental move on Spanish land. That's right, a Frenchman during an expedition to the Americas made a wrong turn somewhere and ended up in Texas. And that got the attention of the Spanish. What are the French doing on our land? This French explorer's name? Robert Cavalier, Sir de La Salle. And he left France with a large expeditionary force designed to establish a French colony on the Gulf of Mexico near the Mississippi River Delta, which at that time in history was part of the French Empire in the Americas. But actually, his expedition landed 400 miles away in Spanish Texas. This was a threat to Spanish sovereignty, and the Spanish became alarmed. But what the Spanish did not know is that this French incursion into their land would fail. It turns out that against horrific, overwhelming circumstances, La Salle did eventually establish Fort St. Louis in East Texas on Garcitas Creek near present-day city of Victoria, Texas. But remember, this fort did not succeed. But the Spanish did not know that. But it did take this French move, this infiltration into Spanish territory by the French to motivate the Spanish and the Americas to make their first historical move into the northern unexplored territories. And that is where Yonahuan lies. So now, the Viceroyalty of Spain would meet to organize, order, and execute. Entradas, or expeditions, into these unexplored lands to deal with the French, to kick them out. And in doing so, would explore the new land to the north, and eventually, Spain would colonize what would become Texas. Now, the Spanish had their own ideas for colonization. And for the Spanish crown, a colony, or a Spanish colony, had to include and employ the three elements of colonization. And the three elements are the presidio, the villa, and the mission. A presidio is like a fort or a military outpost. A villa is like a town or a pueblo and then there's the mission. Trained civilians and soldiers who represented the crown would serve at the presidio, and trained missionaries who represented the church would serve at the missions. So in this way, everywhere that Spain went into the New World, a civil team would be accompanied by a religious team, and together they would serve a pueblo or a villa and would also introduce Spanish culture and life to Native Americans. So as the Spanish Crown organized entradas into the wilderness, into the unknown, these expeditions would always include a combination of soldiers and friars. And the friars chosen for the establishment of the missions in Texas were the Catholic Order of Friars Minor, also known as the Franciscans. The Franciscan friars who would serve in the expeditions to Texas were headquartered and trained in convents in Mexico. The two friar training convents in Mexico were the convent Santa Cruz from the city of Querétaro and the convent Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe located in Zacatecas. These two apostolic centers located in the cities of Querétaro and Zacatecas would become powerful missionary training centers, training friars for everything from farming and agriculture to mission construction and mission management. But most importantly, they were instructed in the work of pacifying and Christianizing Native Americans. And of all the training friars, the most zealous and the most competent of the missionaries from either one of these two missionary training centers would be chosen to represent the church in the upcoming Entradas en Tutejas. According to the official Spanish government policy, Franciscan missionaries were instructed to make life within the missions closely resemble that of Spanish villages and Spanish culture, and to teach Native Americans how to become Spanish citizens and become productive inhabitants of the Spanish Empire. That was the Spanish plan for colonization. Send in the entradas, set up the presidios, missions and pueblos in strategic locations. Bring in trained professionals, both soldiers and friars, to inject Spanish culture, law, and religion into the lives of Native Americans in the New World. Five years after the French explorer caught the attention of the Spanish, in early 1689, the Viceroy of New Spain gave an order from Mexico City, organize and send out entradas to seek out and to destroy this French fort on our land. Then, let us set up elements of the Spanish colonization plan on the borders of our territory to keep the French out. And of the two friar training centers, I have chosen the convent at Querétaro, Santa Cruz, for this assignment. A Spanish missionary, a Franciscan father, Friar Damian Massanet, from the Convent Santa Cruz was part of an entrada that saw for the first time and came face to face with the magnificence, the beauty, the grandeur of Yonahuan. The arrival date was June 13th, 1691. It was during this entrada that Friar Damian Massanet conducted the first Catholic Mass in Texas on Marriage Island. Today, that island is located between the Navarro Street Bridge and the Presa Street Bridge along the Riverwalk, next to Hotel Contessa. But most importantly, Father Damian would also go on to rename the area and the river after San Antonio de Padua, and that is how this city gets its name. Father Damian Massanet, a Spanish Franciscan priest, is one of our founding fathers. This founding father, Damian Massanet, was born in Mallorca, a small island just east of Spain in the Mediterranean. History does not remember the year that Damian Massanet was born, but in the year 1683, a ship's manifest log lists a Franciscan father by the name of Damian Massanet that left Barcelona to serve as a missionary in the New World. Now once in the Americas, Massanet and a team of Franciscan priests founded the convent of Santa Cruz in what is now present-day city of Querétaro, Mexico. And as you already know, this convent was chosen by the viceroy to accompany the initial entradas into Texas. Friar Massanet spent several years in Mexico building missions near the Texas border, expanding the empire northward. These missions were built close to, but not crossing over, the Rio Grande, preparing for Spain's eventual Entry into Texas, and in 1689, Father Damian Massanet became part of Governor Alonso de León's Fifth Entrada, searching once more for Robert cavalier Sieur de La Salle's Fort Saint Louis. And as you already know, that fort had already failed, and any real French threat to the area did not exist. But de León's Entrada would persevere and would eventually find the ruins of Fort Saint Louis. And you guessed it, they found an abandoned fort. But here is where history steps in. During this entrada, the Gobernador and Friar Damian Masanet would explore this new land to the north for future colonization. And also during this entrada, the Friars took lots of notes. Incidentally, it was during this entrada that Gobernador de Leon would name the Caro Native Americans he encountered here, the Tejas. But why did he call the Caro Hasnay the Tejas. Long before the Spanish arrived to the area, the Karohasnai Native American tribe used the word Tejas, originally pronounced Teisha, as a greeting, like hello. And the word literally means friend or ally. So De Leon called them the Tejas. And that's how the Karohasnai Native Americans became known as the Tejas, or at least to the Spanish. Eventually, this northern province of Spain became known as Texas, And one day that name would become Texas. The Caro Hasenai gave us our state's name due to their friendly greeting. Therefore, in keeping with the spirit of the Caro, Texas chose its motto to be one word. Just one word, friendship. 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 The next year, Father Masson had made history by assisting in the establishment of San Francisco de los Tejas, a mission built for the Caro Hasenai near the Neches River the first Spanish mission founded north of the Rio Grande, near the modern-day city of Victoria, Texas. This mission marked a beginning, because now Spain was in Texas, and the year was 1690. One year later, in 1691, Friar Massanet was chosen again to be part of another entrada into East Texas, this time with a different gobernador, Domingo Terán de los Ríos, It turns out that this entrada was headed to visit the new Spanish mission in East Texas, San Francisco de los Tejas. But it was during this trip that Mazenet and his team made a historic detour from the normal route to the mission to explore new lands. And for the first time, came face to face with Yonahuan, a large village of Payaya near a beautiful river. The day was June 13, 1691. A historic day for San Antonio, and on that day the Spanish named the river and the area San Antonio de Padua, because it was that Saint's feast day. The Spanish spent that night under a beautiful moonlit sky in a rancheria. Spanish word rancheria means Native American village, and they rested near the river along a row of beautiful cottonwood trees. The Spanish were very impressed with the natives and the area, and from this day forward, Every subsequent entrada that went into East Texas had to pass through San Antonio de Padua. Then, just a couple of years later, on October the twenty fifth, sixteen ninety-three, Massanet and the surviving priest set fire to the mission, San Francisco de los Texas, and left for Coahuila, never to return. But why did Massanet burn his mission? Texas first mission. Well, it turns out that the Spanish were having problems with the Native American tribes in Texas, like the Nebedache. And concerning the Caro, also known as the Tejas, at the mission, Massanet wrote in his journal, and I paraphrase. The natives are more interested in stealing women from each other, and then fighting about it, sometimes killing each other over it, than sitting down and listening to scripture. Here's a couple more reasons why Father Massanet burned his mission. Several floods almost devastated the mission, failed crops at the mission, and badly needed supplies from Mexico were having a hard time finding their way to this mission in East Texas. This was a poorly organized mission project. So Massanet and a small party set fire to the mission and then left and headed home, but got lost for several weeks and did not reach Monclova, Guahuila until February 17, 1694. So there you have it. Spain was back to square one again. No colonization or no missions in Texas. Massanet's mission, San Francisco de los Texas, lasted for only three years, but it did mark the first step in Spain's efforts to bring the lands of Texas under the Spanish flag. Father Damian lived the rest of his life in Mexico, probably at the Convent Santa Cruz in Querétaro, and died in obscurity. But Father Massanet holds an important place in the history of this tricentennial city as one of its founding fathers. In May of 1718, 300 years ago, a Franciscan father dedicated a Spanish mission here that history would remember as Misión San Antonio de Valero. And by this act, this man founded the modern-day city of San Antonio, Texas. This Franciscan friar founded, among other missions, our famous Alamo Mission in San Antonio, the Presidio San Antonio de Bejar, and the Ezequia Madre de Valero. This man was also a founding father. Let's trace back the steps of Antonio de Olivares to see how he ended up here on San Antonio's front door 300 years ago to found this Texas city. Antonio de San Buenaventura Olivares, also known as Antonio de Olivares, was born in 1630 in Morgue, Spain. And in 1665, when Olivares was 35 years old, Antonio hitched a ride as a passenger on a ship that was headed to a whole new world of the Spanish Empire on the other side of the earth. And once in the Americas, Antonio served and trained at the Apostolic Convent Santa Cruz in Querétaro. There, Olivares received the training that he needed to engage with the natives in the work of evangelism. Since the burning of the mission San Francisco de los Texas by Friar Massanet, the province of Texas was, in effect, abandoned by the Spanish. But history would repeat itself again in 1707, when rumors of French activity in Spain's Texas once again hit the ears of Spanish Viceroy. Not the French again! So you can imagine what happens next. During a war council in Mexico City, Spanish officials recommended the following. Reconnect with the Texas Native Americans, both to encourage them to refuse French trade and then to promote the concept in their minds of missions in the area. With this in mind, an entrada was ordered. Two missionaries and a captain were chosen for the job. The two friars were Antonio de Olivares and Isidro Espinosa and the captain was Pedro de Aguirre. Friar Antonio de Olivares and Friar Isidro Espinosa, along with Captain Pedro de Aguirre, left Mexico in 1709. Accompanied by 14 soldiers, Friar Espinosa kept a diary of this entrada. The Espinosa-Olivares-Aguirre Entrada of 1709 also made an important historic visit to the site present-day San Antonio. This was the first time Antonio de Olivares would set eyes on Yonahuana. The group was very impressed with the land and the availability of water, naming San Pedro Springs and noted that this would make a great place for a settlement. The captain and the two padres also attempted to reconnect with the Texas Native Americans in East Texas, but that didn't go too well. The important thing about this entrada 1709 is that for the moment Spanish authorities said hold off on re-establishing the missions in East Texas and instead let's direct all of our efforts and take a closer look at the lands along the San Antonio River. Now the Spanish focus was on San Antonio. I believe that during this entrada Olivares had a vision, or something, because from that day forward, Antonio made it his personal mission, his quest to establish a colony there, in San Antonio de Padua, near that beautiful, bountiful river. His passion for this settlement led Franciscan father, Antonio de Olivares, back to Spain, and he spent the next six years petitioning the viceroy for the colonization of San Antonio de Padua in Texas. In 1716, Antonio de Olivares wrote a letter to the Viceroy of Spain, Baltasar de Zuniga y Guzman, telling him his ideas and vision for a future Spanish colony in Texas, and urged him to consider sending families and settlers to found this colony. In that same letter, Antonio stressed, that it was necessary for some of these families to be skilled in the useful arts and industries to teach the natives all that should be required to be useful and capable citizens. And you know what? It worked. You can say that an appeal by a friar to a viceroy in the form of a simple letter paved the way for what became a metroplex known as San Antonio, Texas. Who was this friar who thought he could persuade a king's representative in the Americas, the viceroy, to act? Baltasar de Zuniga y Guzman gave formal approval for Antonio's mission in late 1716. The viceroy then assigned the responsibility for the establishment of that area as a Spanish colony to Martin de Alarcon, the current governor of Coahuila y Texas, another founding father. And now the time has come for the founding of this great city. Alarcón decided to personally go on the 1718 Entrada, specifically to establish a mission and a presidio on the San Antonio River. In April of 1718, about one month before the birth of this city, Alarcón and his company of 72 people, including soldiers, their families, a master carpenter, a master mason, A master weaver and others left Coahuila, Mexico and began the long 300-mile walk to Yorawana. The Spanish caravan included cattle, sheep, goats, chickens, six droves of mules, and 548 horses. This was a city-founding entrada. This historic entrada reached the first springs of the San Antonio River, which is actually San Pedro Creek in the current vicinity of San Pedro Park on April 25th, and Father Antonio de Olivares, who accompanied the Alarcón Entrada, founded Mission San Antonio de Valero on May 1st, 1718. Four days later, on May 5th, Martin de Alarcón founded the Villa de Bejar and the Presidio de Bejar, about a mile upstream from the mission. And there you have it, the Spanish plan for colonization, the Presidio, the Villa, and the Mission. Despite some conflicts between the Gobernador and Antonio and some early hardships, this settlement that these men of destiny co-founded represented the real beginning of a permanent Spanish occupation in Texas. 300 years ago, the Spanish Viceroy in Mexico was sending out expeditions from Coahuila into Texas in an effort to drive out the French and to explore the area, ultimately finding a perfect location for the founding of a new Spanish colony and the founding of that colony required founding fathers. And of the many entradas that were sent into Texas, two entradas stand out as key entradas, in the founding of san antonio the first entrada was led by team a domingo de los rios accompanied by damian mazanet and the second entrada team b was led by gobernador martin de alarcon accompanied by antonio de olivares now team a domingo terrando los rios and damian mazanet did arrive here first they did hold the first mass here and they did name the area after San Antonio de Padua in 1691. And Team B, the team of Martin de Alarcón and Antonio de Olivares, they did found a mission here, Mission San Antonio de Valero, which would later become the Alamo. And they did found a Presidio San Antonio de Bejar, also here in May of 1718. So can we say that San Antonio's founding father is a governor or a friar? is the founding father of San Antonio, Domingo Terán de los Ríos, Damian Mazanet, Martín de Alarcón, or Antonio de Olivares. Truth is, they're all founding fathers of this tricentennial city. In their own way, they all contributed to the founding of San Antonio, Texas. But I believe that one man stands out more than the others. And I believe that the man that deserves the title founding father the most is Friar. Antonio de Olivares. Antonio de Olivares, from what I gather, was a special individual, because it takes a special person to do and accomplish the things that Antonio did in his lifetime. It seems that his life had one purpose, whether Antonio realized it or not, and that was to found a great city someday. And it took him all of his life, but he did it. History was calling Antonio de Olivares to leave his mark forever in the Americas. So Antonio crossed an ocean at an early age, trained in a convent, explored unknown lands, ran into many friendly and unfriendly people in his miles and miles of expeditionary exploits. All of this in an effort to spread the faith and to also expand the Spanish empire. And while Antonio was working on the expanding the empire part, life brought him here, right here to Yanahuana. Then Antonio de Olivares made it his mission, his personal quest, to expand the empire here in Texas, a northern unexplored province of Mexico 300 years ago. And in doing so, would ensure his place in San Antonio history. I believe that Antonio de Olivares personally secured the founding of this great city. After all, Olivares would later claim, I alone take responsibility for the founding of the mission San Antonio de Valero. This is why, in my opinion, only one man, Friar Antonio de Olivares, can claim the title of San Antonio's founding father. Taking account this period in history, 300 years ago, the amazing aspect about Antonio de Olivares is that on San Antonio's founding day, May the 1st, 1718, the day that this founding father officiated a small ceremony here near a river making history friar antonio de olivares our founding father was 88 years old gracias fray antonio de olivares por tu devoción esfuerzos atención y dedicación que le diste en tu vida a pesar de todas las inconveniencias y dificultades de estos tiempos en la historia a la fundación de esta gran ciudad Te lo agradecemos este año, 2018, el año que esta ciudad, San Antonio de Bejar, celebra 300 años de historia. Y quiero que sepas algo, Antonio. Todavía existe tu misión, San Antonio de Valero.